You're listening to the Athletic Motion Golf Podcast. I'm Mike Renato, and I'm here with my good buddy and co-founder in AMG, Sean Webb. We have one goal with this podcast, to help you improve your game. We're going to do that by showing you what the best players in the world do, and then show you how to incorporate those same moves into your own swing. And we're going to do it all in 15 minutes or less. Today's episode is brought to you by Live View Golf. We use the Live View Pro every day in lessons because it gives our golfers the necessary feedback for improvement. The Live View Pro is like having a swing studio in your pocket. It's a tool we recommend to anyone serious about improving their swing. Check it out at liveviewsports.com backslash AMG to get $40 off at checkout. All right, Sean, we've got our stopwatch going 15 minutes and let's talk about the article that came out this week in golf magazine and golf.com yeah. got a lot of comments on it we've got a lot of feedback and a lot of questions and basically the title of the article was the 10 biggest swing killers that we see in the golf swing and everyone can check it you can go to golf.com type in athletic motion golf and you'll see the article let's kind of break down and kind of expand on these swing killers because the article you know they're restricted by space we're not so much here on the podcast so we can really talk about a couple of these key Swing killers that we see all the time. Yeah, let's um, let's let's dive into that. And <clears throat> also, thanks to Golf Magazine for giving us the opportunity to do this. We're having fun with it, and I Absolutely. think um, we'll be, we'll have an ongoing relationship with them. It looks like moving forward. So keep an eye out uh, on golf.com and in the magazine. We actually, this article, part of this article, showed up in the magazine this month as well. If you have a chance to go get it. Um, so first, I think uh, f- Tony Finau's on the cover of this. He is. Yep. Tony Fino's on the cover. We're in there. We got like a three page article uh, covering five of these 10, I believe is how they did it in the magazine. And uh, we'll jump into the first one here. You know, Mike and I tried to pick the 10 that we saw most commonly on gears that pretty much if you have these in your swing, you got to change them. It's not eh, everybody swings different or however a lot of people will put it. You know, there are a lot of ways to get it done. Well, if you have one of these, um, you need to change it because it's, it's a swing killer or a death move, or you can call them a lot of different things, but it's kind of game over at that point. Well, so, yeah, I think, let me, let me kind of mm-hmm. add something real quick before we get going yeah. on, that, on that topic. So one of the comments that I saw, or one of the comments that we had sent to us was, well, Jack Nicholas did half of these. I saw it. And he's fine. So <laughs> I saw that. If, if you're I listening to you this, uh, with the apologies, if – Jack Nicholas is listening. Apologies to him, but for everybody else, you're not the greatest player has ever played. So these are hurdles. These are serious hurdles for 99.999% of the golfers playing golf. If you're Jack Nicholas, you've got a lot of things going for you. You don't have to read this article or worry about it. If you're not, there's going to be some things in here that if you're doing them, they're going to create a lot of problems for you throughout your swing. And that's, exactly. that's why we wrote the article, not to prove what Jack Nicholas did is wrong. Or John Daly, or pick any outlier, right. it's like, <clears throat> especially like a Daly, just because he makes a long backswing doesn't mean you need to. Right. Um, so back, back to um, the, the article here. So the first one, we talk about this a lot, but I think this one is like a quiet secret killer, right? It, it sneaks up on you because... I think once we start getting off track with our ball striking, the natural tendency is to like kind of hunker down. I, I know I see people do it all the time. You know, they get off track with their swing and they think they need to make things more stable. 
And we call this number one swing killer sitting at the setup. So basically it's the, how far behind your heels you set the center of your hips at a dress. So basically you're sitting back in a chair kind of excessively. And uh, that one there puts the hips in such a bad spot that it's, it's nearly impossible to start the backswing correctly. A hundred percent. And you know, if you're of an age where I'm in the age range, you were taught to kind of sit on a bar stool, right? That was kind of the idea. And to do that, you kind of had your, from a down the line view of the swing, you kind of had your shins pretty vertical. And then everything from the knees up was kind of leaning back behind your heels to sit on that bar stool. And that creates so much difficulty for how the hips move in the swing. It's early extension happens from there. You get a lot of imbalance in the pressures in the feet. You get a lot of plane issues. You get a lot of takeaway issues. You get a lot of nasty things just from how you set up like this. And this is one of the biggest things that we see probably correcting this and golfers at least three times a day, sometimes more. Yeah, I'll, I'll go an entire hour lesson. This is the only thing I talk about. I mean, it's, you know, I, I'll get the student in there and they want to like, you know, something to do with impact. And it's, <laughs> it's, um, it's obvious to me. It's like, okay, well, I know you think you're struggling at impact, but if you don't fix this setup position, everything is like a chain reaction. So the hips get too far back, the pelvis starts turning too level, and then you, you can't do what you need to do in transition to even get a good impact position. So we got to fix this first and they'll probably hit it bad for the first 30 minutes of the lesson, let's say, or they're just struggling working with it. And then finally, once they get that, a lot of times, believe it or not, the impact position improves. I, I know for some golfers, that's, that's hard to visualize because you're so focused on what the club's doing down by the ball. But if you can fix what's going on at setup and early backswing, it makes a, a huge difference in how you strike it. Uh, there's no question about it. And I remember the first the first lesson that I got where I was told to do this and you know, we, we work a lot with Scott Hamilton. He's a mentor for both of us. He was telling me, you've got to get your hips over your ankles and I'm six, five long waisted, shorter legs. And I had my rear end way behind my heels. And for me to do that during a lesson for the first time, I felt like I was using the club as kind of a kickstand. Mm-hmm. And if somebody kicked the club out of the way, I would just fall forward. It was, I thought he had lost his mind <laughs> and he showed me, he showed me the data. He showed me the golfers. There was actually a, one of his tour players was there watching it and he goes, yeah, man, what are, what, what are you doing? It's like this is not, nobody sets up like this. And now having seen all of this gears data, and if we look at the top, I think we have like the top five golfers in the world, four of them at least. They are all have the center of their hips. So if you if you got pants on, or uh, hopefully you got pants on, or a pair of shorts, <laughs> and you, <laughs> it's a different kind of podcast. Yeah, uh, that seam that runs down the side of your leg on your on your garment there, that that's a good kind of eyeball indication of where the center of your hip is. If that seam is behind your ankles, you're 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 too far back. Gears gives us the exact center of the pelvis and draws a line straight down like a plumb bob. And those top golfers all have their center of their hips on top of or in front of the ball side of their ankle bone. No one has it behind. And we see golfers every day that have it behind the feet. So there's a big red flag there. And and 
if you don't think that affects the way you move, try it the other way and you'll see a big difference in how you're able to move your hips. Yeah, absolutely. And again, I think a lot of it just comes from, you know, they're, they're thinking it's an athletic position, like they're getting ready to play defense in basketball or something, but you know, we're not playing defense and we're not infielding and we're not doing any of that. We're hitting a golf ball. So we have to be able to tilt the torso down towards the ball without having an overly amount of, of knee flex. And that gives you the best chance to make a decent backswing. It's, it's funny the things that stick to you when you're learning the game. I had a instructor a long time ago tell me, you you got to brace for impact. you got to set yeah. up like a linebacker and brace for impact. <laughs> and that stuck with me. That stuck with me until that lesson with Scott all those years. And it's it's not – we're not trying to – we're swinging and hitting the ball as we swing, but we're not trying to, to make a tackle or resist someone from tackling us. It's it's not that kind of a setup. You want to set up to move dynamically, to move explosively, and, and kind of a stepping motion, a left-to-right, right-to-left motion. That's right, 100%. And you made a good point. I mean, I think when your legs get too locked in like that, you don't you don't have the ability to have that little trigger move that we like to see to get kind of things going because you're so static and locked down, you just kind of lurch the club away and there's no flow or rhythm to the, to the backswing. That's exactly right. So get those hips over your feet, over your ankles. Mm-hmm. All right, the second one that we have a lot of questions on, it's, it's this takeaway of the club from down the line view again of the club getting too deep. And that's a big topic now in golf instruction is deep hands. And we see golfers do this all the time. They get the hands deep. They either overdo the club coming way behind them or they do this kind of forced manipulated where the hands come in really deep and the club stays way out. And they got this big angle there where the club's out, you know, almost over the ball line and the hands are in by the thigh. Neither one of those are good options to have. Nope major swing killer you know most people <clears throat> a lot of golfers struggle with a like an over-the-top downswing or a slicing motion and i mean this can just make it worse you know if you get if you get the hands and club inside really early the next thing you're going to do is lift to the top and then that motion creates momentum right so anytime you get momentum going in the club on the backswing how it goes into the backswing has a direct effect on how it comes out of the backswing so if you're if you're inside up and start to lurch over the top, there's no stopping that really. So you've put yourself at a disadvantage again. You know, we, we talked about the, the hips over the heels. Well, this is the very next one in the chain. You know, if, if you've been taught to take the hands deep super early, you're, you're destined to either come over the top or somehow just keep it underneath and you're going to hit big hooks and pushes. So I don't think either one of those are anything that you're going to want to do. No, and, you know, we, we're fortunate that, we do a lot of golf lessons and and both in person and we do a lot of online golf lessons. And one thing I'm always stressing to golfers in the lesson. So if you look at your golf swing from down the line, let's say, and you're at setup where your hands are, the hands take a path from setup to the top of the backswing, right? That's called the hand path. Most golfers with very few exceptions are going to have a loop in there in their hand path. The hand path is either going to kind of curve back in and up or kind of curve out and up. You need to pick one. You need to pick one, right. (laughs) Rarely does anybody just go, you know, on a straight angle, plain line or whatever, right? So there's always some sort to some degree of a loop there, of a curve to that. And then if it goes in up, it's going to go out and down. If it goes out up, it's going to be easier to go 
in and down. We see golfers all the time who do this, have that in, in early, up, because you got to get the club up. There's lift in the golf swing. It's unavoidable. And out. So to complete that loop, it's an in, up, and out move. And it goes completely what you were just talking about. That's something you definitely want to avoid in the golf swing is that in, up, and out move. It's super, super difficult to go in, up, and then reverse that and go back down reversing that loop. It's almost always, especially for lesser skilled golfers, in, up, and over hand path, and that's your over-the-top swing killer. Yeah, if you were able to go in, up, and back down, you're doing something to slow the motion down, which to almost like freeze it so you can do that, and that takes away any of the natural motion anyway. You're going to lose club head speed and direction control. Yeah, and neither one of those are fun. No one wants to swing it slower to make up for a a mistake. Exactly. And no one wants to speed up a bad swing mistake and have the ball go farther offline. So you're, 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 you know, damn if you do, damn if you don't. So on top of that, so what's a good drill? And you have one of my favorite drills for the, the first thing we talked about, the hips over the uh, ankles. Yeah. So I'll have, I'll stop the lesson and say, come over to the wall. So we'll walk over to the wall and I'll have them grab their seven iron basically and put it, um, against the wall so that it's uh, the heel of the club is against the wall and the toe goes straight up from the wall. So about three inches. I have them put their heels on the club so that they're about three inches from the wall, basically. So they're back two to the wall. Their heels are about three inches from the wall. And then I have them take their seven iron set up without squatting back into the wall. So it, it forces them not to get their rear end too far back and keeps the center of the hips over the the ankles basically it's a great way for them to feel it because they can do it and they can feel it if they have it wrong so they get some feedback yeah one of the questions we get all the time is okay if i can't squat from the knees then do i need longer clubs and the answer is no like you need i've actually shortened my clubs getting away from doing that because you're bending from the hips how you should bend from the hips and you have the proper amount of upper body bend and, and tilt to the ground rather than kind of that really erect and vertical upper body and you're just kind of squatting from the knees so mm, that's a tough way to play golf it's a tough it's a tough way to play so i love that i love that drill it's a simple drill you can do it at home and i recommend most people do it at home because one usually a wall is pretty readily available and two you're just changing how you set up you don't always have to have a club in your hand to change your setup posture that's right or certainly you don't have to have a ball and swing to do that all right, what do you like for the swinging the club inside too much? What's a good drill for that? Um, so there's a couple of different ways to go about it. In the magazine, we just said, you know, put an alignment stick on the ground, a couple inches in front of your toes, and and try to match it. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a good one, more of a static drill. But the, the best one is like a more of a swinging takeaway drill where you start the club a little bit in front of the ball, like swinging the club. Keep your keep your hands about in front of your body, but let the wrist swing the club in front of the in, in front of the uh, ball a little bit and then swing the club back and stop at parallel to the ground with the club and almost invariably that club will sit perfectly lined up with your hands because you're using the momentum of the club to do that instead of trying to place it somewhere that's exactly right and if if you're still not in a good spot then take your right hand if you're a right-handed golfer take that off the club and do it left arm only and you yep. will put the club right dead in the right spot 
David, what would David tell us when we were filming with him? Uh, David Toms, he said, if if every golfer started the club out in front of the ball like that, then swung it, and back, swung it you, back, you guys would be out of work. A hundred percent. I mean, that's <laughs> that 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 actually puts in so many good things, and we'll talk about that in later episodes. It puts so many good things into the swing. Um, Mike and I are using that drill so much, and we have for a while that it just cleans it cleans things up almost instantly. That's right. All right, guys, we are out of time. Been a couple minutes long, or a couple seconds long, actually. Thanks for listening. Uh, Check out the article if you get a chance. Sean, anything else we need to cover before we take off? No, I think that's it. If you enjoyed it, uh, please leave us a review on uh, iTunes. It helps more people find the podcast, and we're trying to help more golfers. You can help us do that. Awesome. Guys, we'll see you on the next one. Thank you.